Welcome to Everything Imaginable, the podcast for curious minds from KGRA Radio. And here is your host, Gary Cochileo. Welcome everyone to another episode of Everything Imaginable. I'm your host, Gary Cochilillo, and today we have Damien Keller. He uh, is going to do an ep- we're going to talk about tarot and divination today. Uh, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How about yourself? I'm doing pretty good, man. So uh, I had, uh, so how long, let's start with, you have a long history with divination. Um so how did you start in get into it? Like I know you started with the uh, I Ching, I believe, right? Yeah, uh, my mom taught me that um, when I was probably you know old enough to understand what the entries meant, and probably younger than I was actually old enough to understand a lot of it. But probably around six or seven years old, uh, she did. You know, she was doing readings on. Uh, myself and my sister and then uh, I just you know being interested and of course my sister did too she's four years younger than me but even still you know yeah show us how you do that and then she did and uh, just taught us and being a single mother we we found ourselves with a babysitter once I got older just me and my sister alone at home so it was something we do uh, Mm -hmm. just just pull out her set, her book, and uh, the coin she had, and and we just do readings on each other, and even as a family sometimes. And uh, so it was something that um, I kept with me my whole life. She gave me a book, and I, I designated three coins to it, and those were stolen. Uh, moving out of an apartment in Chicago with all my books and videos, uh, and. Uh, we we had everything packed overnight and it was a big community house and everything was piled in the middle of the giant main room to move. And, uh, and of course, when we got to where we were going, that box was missing, unfortunately. So, um, never to be seen again, but I've of course replaced the set since then and, uh, then moved on to other modalities, since many years later actually in chicago so, so how did you start uh go from that to the uh tarot well i was in in chicago uh i was making organite shungai working on my sound therapy stuff and and working out of a few local occult stores and uh the one around the corner from me revolution tattoo which evolved into uh, also having an occult store next door, but run by the tattoo shop owner's wife. I sold stuff out of there and would just stop in on the regular, you know, it was close. And, uh, there was this, uh, card deck on the shelf called the cartouche, the Egyptian cartouche by Murray Hope, who was a, um, esoteric author. And so, uh, was kind of drawn to it. They had this whole shelf of Egyptian stuff and I was really drawn to this deck and I'd never done tarot or used it before. And, uh, but never picked it up. I was kind of tied on money up at the time and just getting caught up and income tax rolled in. And I thought, you know, I'm going to go 
take that up. You know, it was only like 15 bucks. It wasn't like it was a lot to begin with, but I said, you know, hey, it's a good time to spoil myself. So I went to get it. And then she said, well, there's a book that goes with that. Let me find it. She went in the back and brought me the book. And so for 25 bucks, I got the set. And uh, a couple of years later, working this job in Omaha, I, uh, you can have books and stuff, but, um, I, they're, they're old and they're out of print, you know, and I, I was kind of like, eh, I, I don't want to ruin this book, carrying it in my bag back and forth to work every day. Let me see if I can find a PDF. So I go online and look it up and the deck is out of print and to get one is you're talking two, 300 bucks. The books are between 70 and 80. And I even got a second one because I water damaged my first one a little bit and uh, got a second one for seven bucks. But the deck is out of print and you can't get one for less than two, three hundred bucks. So the shop actually owed me some money when I left town. And every time I go back to teach a class, I'd swing by trying to collect because I could see they sold all my stuff. They probably owed me 50, 100 bucks or something, you know. And every time I go in, I probably end up buying something anyway. And then I find, when I figured that out, I sent him an email and just said, um, thank you so much for the deck. And uh, you should Google it. And let's we'll just we're even. <laughs> like, don't worry about it. So don't try to send me a check or anything. They had sent me an email like, where can we send you a check? And I, I just replied like, now nah, we're good. Check out that deck. And uh, and I'm oh, so glad it ended up with you, though. You know, so from there, uh, it's only a, a 26 card deck, and it correlates to the runes, which I had also had already started with, um, but hadn't delved into too much. But it kind of piqued my interest in that, so I started working with both together, and then um, eventually thought, well, I kind of want to move into into the Rider Waite and just kind of see the basic, and then. Uh, you know, go from there into some of the other the history and some of the older decks and and the origins and everything. So that's kind of how it all all sprouted out. It was just an Egyptian deck that I was drawn to, uh, and and its correlation with the runes, so, uh, which I was already a little familiar with. So, so in your book, you, you've done some extensive research into the history of the tarot. And you have some some theories, I think, that might be a little different than, than others. Well, a lot of people are under the impression that it is tied to Kabbalah. And that's just, it's a big misconception. Um, again, it kind of is like my research into sound therapy and, and major misconceptions that you know, on the surface seem legit, you know, and you go, oh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And, you know, the numbers and everything. But then when you look into the facts surrounding the creation of the individual elements, you begin to realize that it's physically impossible for them to be correlated. Um, like the fact that the Taroki, you know, was developed in Italy about 40 years before the the Kabbalah was even introduced to Western society. So, you know, you could theorize that the secrets were passed around and, and some may even say through the Templars and things like that. But, you know, when you look at things like the extreme differences between um, Judaism 
and the church, you have to question the Pope card and the Hierophant, you know, and like, why are those in the tarot from Italy? And then you look at the frescoes, which are still on the walls of some of the temples and, and churches there uh, that, that they're taken from, you know, and understand that, you know, they're not correlated to the Kabbalah, you know, they're correlated to Catholicism and Christianity. And, you know, like I said, the, the papal cards, even with the Pope S, which is quite a derivation uh, from Christianity and Catholicism at the same time is undeniably tied to it and really no other religion. You know, I mean, I, I, I just don't see a correlation to Kabbalah from a card called the Pope, let alone the Pope S. You know, um, by any stretch, you know, people can stretch their imaginations as far as they want them to. But uh, again, the timeline also casts, you know, a little bit of doubt on that. Now, <clears throat> what I think is really going on, which is a little bit uh, conspiratorial or a radical idea as far as this, but um you know you have a lot of wiccans who are utilizing you know wiccans and etc even further dark uh utilizing the tarot to replace the kabbalah to practice darker magic in the light than they want to admit and I think that's very easily done by replacing the tarot with the, by replacing the Kabbalah with the tarot outwardly. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm going to do a tarot reading on you. Okay. Well, what you don't realize is that they're correlating it to the Kabbalah. And what they're telling you is based on that, not so much the tarot and also you know, putting putting some of their own intent and uh, and will into it. You know what I mean? Like it's you know it's hard to explain, and it sounds like you know some conspiracy witchy stuff. But when you consider how dear people today hold that connection, uh, especially like the the Golden Dawn. Mm -hmm. You know, in their tarot, um, they're right there on the cards. You have the, you have the, um, the Kabbalah and I included it in the new archaeometer because I know there are people who do that, you know, so I wanted it to be convenient for them as it is for anyone else. Um, even though I work more on the light, I'm not going to discriminate. So the charts for everyone. But um, I and I may be wrong, you know, maybe not everyone uses that darkly, but uh, the fact that they can seal it more often than not kind of, you know, calls it into question, it calls their intention into question, I would say. So I, was it Levy that first associated the tarot with the 22 letters of the Hebrew alphabet? Uh, I don't know. I think it was, 
I think it was even earlier. Um, it may be, but I don't know. I can't really recall right now. It might have been, but I think that even like Cagliostro may have, and and you know even earlier possibly, but um, I'm not exactly positive, and 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 I might be wrong there. Cagliostro, Cagliostro, and earlier people may have only been uh, connecting it to Egypt. Um, but you know they tried you know they tried to uh invent these fake origins like egypt or or india or you know even the the arab culture mm-hmm. uh, to something that was clearly the italian taroki <laughs> you know utilizing kings and queens and popes and popuses and the hierophant and the you know it, it was clearly just an additional set to the, uh, it, it was the Trumps, you know, it was the triumphs. It was usually uh, in a four suit deck, you would have to exclude, you know, take one out and designate it the Trumps. And uh, somebody one day decided to just make an individual set of Trumps. And those are the characters they put on it. Um, that's, you know, the classic Italian story of the Taroki. Now, again, you know, if there was any other kind of esoteric meaning to it, probably, but it was probably more rooted in uh, Christianity and Catholicism than it would be in in anything else, you know, Indian, Egyptian, and, uh, you know, any of those things. And and a lot of people like to tie it to uh, the Book of Toth, you know, but there's not a whole lot of correlation there either. Uh, uh, the, I mean, there is and there isn't. You can you can invent things or you can draw lines where they may or may not exist. It could just be co- you know coincidences. Uh, so you know it, the the origin is undeniably Italian and Christian. You know, and other influences you can't say they weren't there, but. Um, you can measure the likelihood, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and and it, and and at the end of the day, they're a work of art. So you have to look at what those pictures mean and what those names mean, and uh, and and you know what they would mean to the person who made them and to the person looking at them at that time, and and the likelihood of what that would be um, would narrow down quite a bit from what has been speculated on since then, <laughs> you know, so, which has been a lot. So, so uh, th- does that delegitimize the uh, Rider Waite deck? Um, I don't know, to an extent. Um, one of my criticisms of the Rider Waite deck that I talk about in the book is that, you know, the, the coin was replaced by the pentagram and, Uh, You know, that was intentional, and as much as I admire Wade as a Rosicrucian um, and as a student of Rosicrucianism, I I resent him for that move because that was the beginning of the end for tarot. You know, that was 
um, replacing Christian symbolism with something that would represent two Christians the opposite of what they believe and something to be scared of and something to keep people away and keep people fearful and, and, uh, and, you know, to, to, uh, for Christians to condemn people who practice divination, you know, to say, you know, there's nowhere in the Bible that says not to practice divination, but Christians firmly believe that it's evil because of the pentagram and the rider weight tarot, which is carried over into some decks and into some not mine, not I replaced it with a cross, a Templar cross, you know? Um, so that's kind of, um, the beginning of the end for tarot as far as Christianity goes, you know, from there on out, it was just evil and using, uh, uh, Levi's uh, Baphomet for the devil card. Mm-hmm. You know, that was another thing. It it was, you know, historically a little bit more pan than Baphomet until Levi and Rider Waite, and then the devil card was then Baphomet, which is basically pan, but it's got their own, uh, you know, alchem- alchemical additions, but also you know, a lot of other negative connotations to a lot of people. So um, to me, I felt it was more the Rider-Waite deck ended up being more divisive than it was inclusive. It was the beginning of things like even as recently as, I don't know, less than a year ago, I had the tarot book on hold. And this is one of the things that kicked me in the butt and said, no, you need to publish this book because I thought I was just repeating stuff that was already out there that, you know, where I was at at it was just, you know, why am I doing this? I hadn't even started on the deck yet. Um, And I was kind of like, am I just regurgitating things? Like anybody could find all this information if they really wanted to. And then a friend of mine in Chicago said, well, you know, I really want a deck, but you know, I'm just waiting for someone to give me one because, you know, you have to wait until someone, you you have to be gifted your first deck of tarot. That's the rules. And I was like, you know, face slap. Oh my God. (laughs) You know, (laughs) don't hold your breath. You could die waiting. Who is going to buy you a tarot deck? Me? Because you're talking to me about it right now. No, (laughs) I don't have any plans to buy you a deck. I mean, what? That's absurd. That's something people say to keep you from doing something new, you know, and, and getting in on their territory. You know, if I'm a tarot reader and you're my customer and you come to me once, twice a month and you pay me 20, 30, $50. And then finally you go, I'm starting to get this, you know, like, where can I get my own deck? Mm-hmm. Well, no, you can't. You see, you have to wait until someone gives you one. You can't buy one. I have them for sale but you can't buy one for yourself. That's against the rules. You know, now you're even more scared and mystified and you never become competition knowing already everything that I know. 
because you've come to me enough times to know what every card means or close to it, you know, and I've almost taught you at this point, but am I going to let you go and take my business? Absolutely not. I'm going to lie to you, you know, to keep my business safe. And that's the way it went for a good long time, you know, but I mean, it, where did this come from? You know, it was just something somebody told somebody one time who was scared of competition and then it became a thing, but I couldn't believe that in 2020, a friend of mine with full access, as far as I know, her Google is not broken, you know, <laughs> all the information at her fingertips on the planet still said, I'm just waiting for my first tarot deck, you know? And I was like, will you get your ass on Amazon and drop $20 on a writer weight already? Like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> you know, like, Oh my God, let me publish this book. And I swear to God, as soon as it's done, I'm sending you the PDF, you know, so you understand what's really going on. Like that's to me, that was just absurd that someone would still think that mm -hmm. in this day and age, but they do, you know, this is just the mystery surrounding it goes so deep and it's been built up and built up for centuries. And it, again, just like in the sound and vibration work, I'm dumbfounded that people are this dumbfounded over it, you know, and don't get it and, and, and just believe what they're handed, you know? And I mean, they're fun stories. Don't get me wrong. And uh, everybody loves a good mystery, but to, uh, to not actually just jump on Amazon and buy yourself a tarot deck because you want one seems a little bit absurd to me in this day and age. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Um, just yeah. because you heard, I never, you know, I never really thought about it. Like, I mean, my first deck was given to me. I mean, my parents got was it, it really? like when I was like twelve. Well, so that's that's awesome. Um, uh, but since then, I've always that just is awesome when own. it does happen. Yeah, well, sure. And I mean, you know, it's awesome when that does happen that way. You know what I mean? I guess you could say, you know, my mom bought me my first I Ching book. So, you know, in a way, kind of same thing. But, <laughs> you know, but to limit yourself from something and sit around holding your breath for it to just happen. Um, I mean... If if you believe it important enough or want to see if you can make it happen and, and maybe just do a new moon manifestation on it and see if all of a sudden one drops in your lap, hey, go for it. You know, it might. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, so you never know. But if it doesn't happen, next month you're still sitting here going, gee, I wish I had a tarot deck. Then just order it and get it in two days on Prime, for Christ's sake. You know, <laughs> like it's, it's $20. What are you waiting on? It's like a sandwich and a beer. Like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> you know, and it'll serve, you know, you'll have it for a lifetime. Like, I don't get it. You know, just believing the, the, the myths at this point is, I don't know, some of it's, Again, you know, it's it's like organized religion, you know, mm -hmm. so the mysteries have been kind of set up that way. Like you kind of have this outer ring that, you know, well, if you're dumb enough to believe that, maybe you don't need to be practicing tarot. <laughs> you know, like, if you 
haven't figured out that I'm bullshitting you yet, then you don't deserve to know the truth, you know? And mm-hmm. I mean, I, I hate to sound like that, you know, elite Rosicrucian Theosophist secret society member who's like, ha ha, we have secrets you don't have. But that's what the, all that really means is, you know, if you're dumb enough to believe that, then I'm not telling you the truth. You know, I got some riverfront property in Arizona for you. You know, I mean, you got to know that the people coming in to the inner circle are going to treat it right. They're going to do it right. They're not going to, you know, be there to, to serve themselves and, uh, and that they're doing it for the right reasons and everything. And, you know, being naive and gullible doesn't necessarily mean, uh, guilt in that department, which is why when someone like my friend says something like that to me, I go, OMG, are you kidding me? Buy a deck, you know, and I'll just tell her, you know, because I know she'll do good with it. And and so that's okay. You know, but those barriers are up for a reason. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, you know, I get it, but there's a lot of people that are, are running into them that are, what? And I'm like, no, you know, so that's, you know, that's people like you and me's job is to kind of break those down for the people who are knocking on the door and asking the questions, you know, and if they're not, then, well, that's, you know, more their problem than ours. But if, if they are, then that means that they probably should be welcomed in and, and let in on the, on the bigger picture on, on some of it, at least. So, so, so you think the, um, the, the tarot is originally something uh, like a for 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 a Christianized type of divination. Well, it can be, and and this is what I kind of came to in the conclusion of the book, and and what I you know was was looking at is that you know at this point the the Kabbalah has been integrated to the extent and for so long that. It is part of the egregore of it. You know, if you say, I'm going to take this deck of cards, but this one means this instead, and this one means this instead, it doesn't mean, it doesn't matter what you're using. It could be the Kabbalah, it could be runes, mm-hmm. it could be something you made up yourself. If that's what you're doing and you're putting your magical energy into and your divinational energy into, and that's what, you know, if you're going to do that, it's going to work. I mean, you know, there's no reason for it not to. If if you're going to use a code and write down a paragraph, um, you know, and hand it to somebody and say, well, this letter means this and this letter means this, but really to you it means something else, then when they read it, it's still going to have the effect, you know, it's, it's using a like a, a replacement uh, code, you know, replacement letter code but for magic and divination. So um, it can be used to, to represent anything you want. There's, um, you know, the thing about the major arcana is, is that people put so much value into um, what's kind of called, excuse me, the path of the fool, which um, was laid out at one point, but, kind of almost backwards and 
The problem with it is, is that out of all of the publishers of tarot decks, out of all the decks out there, including the most popular, like the Rider Waite or the Hermetic Tarot of the Golden Dawn, um, there's Cagliostro's, there's the uh, uh, the Minciavitura, there's the I mean, there's just so many of them, and you're hard pressed to find one that will have the major arcana in the same order. So these are so important and they relate to the Kabbalah. You can't find one author and we're talking, these people write, you know, wait, um, Cagliostro, there was, uh, Paul Christensen, uh, publishing his stuff. Uh, Oswald Worth, I'm pulling open a, a giant folder now so I can list off some of the other ones. Uh, you have Paul Foster Case relating to the Kabbalah. You have Pappas, the Tarot of the Bohemians. Not one of them. And you are talking hundreds and hundreds of pages explaining the correlations to the Kabbalah and not a single one of these authors arrange the major arcana in the same order. So every one of them is telling a completely different story. And of course, it is the God honest truth. Every one of them. Mm -hmm. Of course. It's like organized religion. It's like, no, the Baptists are right. The Catholics are right. The, you know, no, of course. Everyone's right and everyone else is wrong. So could we solve and that just everyone, by taking, could we solve that just by taking the numbers off? Uh, you know, I mean... You would think, but <laughs> you know, it's 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 just absurd. It it doesn't make any sense in the first place, and it was something that was designed to sell books. It was designed to write and sell thousands of pages of paper. That's what it was. That was people's bread and butter in that time. The more pages, the bigger the book, and the more you could sell it for, and uh. You know, it's no different than now. You can teach your classes. Uh, you can get donations from your lodge when you visit and do a, a meeting. Um, you know, and so, but not a single one of them can agree on what order the cards go in. So how can anyone say that any one of them is more right than the other? It's all based on pretty much 100% bullshit because... The Kabbalah wasn't introduced until 40 years after the tarot to begin with. So then another 20, 40 years later, everybody has their theory on how they correlate. It just doesn't really add up. You know, it seems like it was, it was pre-Egyptomania. It was Kabbalah mania, you know. Mm -hmm. and, and once you rolled into the invasion of Egypt and the excavations... Then it turned into Egyptomania because of the gypsies who were called gypsies because people thought they were from Egypt. When they weren't, they were Muslim slaves taken from India and brought to Europe. And they didn't even know that. They did such a good job on erasing their history culturally, much like African slaves brought to America. You know, you get rid of their names and their culture and two, three generations later, they don't even have a language anymore. So they did the same thing in Europe. And it wasn't until probably five years ago that DNA testing proved that the Romani gypsies are Indian, 
not Egyptian. Therefore, even if the Romani gypsies did, quote unquote, invent tarot, which we know they didn't, it came from Italy, the Taroki documented, uh, nonetheless, even if they did invent it, as all the early Rosicrucians and all these authors assumed, uh, then it wasn't from Egypt, it was from India. Mm-hmm. And again, it wasn't <laughs> because they didn't invent it. It's Italian, you know, so, and it's Catholic. India doesn't have a Pope. Egypt didn't have a Pope. You know, why is there a Pope card? How is it Egyptian? How is it India? You can correlate these to any system. Egyptian, um, the Egyptian cartouche system that I have that correlates to runes, someone, uh, went into Murray Hope's writings and wrote a very concise piece on it that I found um, translating into an actual Egyptian mystery school initiation and how that works using those cards. And it makes a lot of sense. Um, but to understand it, you have to go into Murray Hope's works and and really dive in to her mystery school teachings, which is which is great. I've done that to an extent, but not as much as this person did. And then they summarized it and, and it's amazing. And again, that was the first deck I got. So you can, you can correlate the cards and the numbers to anything. Um, But what the best authors and, and creators of the cards did was, uh, you know, do something, you know, almost somewhat new uh, and didn't really, you know, depend on the original. You know, if you want to do an Egyptian deck, don't base it on the, uh, you know, predominantly Christian Taroki. You know, you just, you start from scratch. She used 26 cards, you know, so, um, and the same number of the room. So it just, it can be done in in so many different ways um, to the extent that, you know, halfway through writing the book, working with my editor, he said, you know, have you ever thought about doing your own deck? And I said, no, there's, there's enough of them out there. There's too many of them out there. There's hundreds. And he's like, well, you're a good artist. What's another one? Well, people probably buy it. So I was like, well, okay, I'm doing the book. I might as well do a deck. So I did. And, and, you know, so when my friend, you know, while I'm, I'm working on making my own deck, designing my own deck, you know, who gives you permission to do that? You do. No one else can give you permission to do that. You know, there's no tarot (laughs) association that you apply to, to get permission to make your own deck when no one ever bought you one in the first place. That's absurd. But this is the way people think, you know? So while I'm designing my own deck, my friend is scared to buy her own, you know, because she's never been gifted one. It it just seems so absurd to me, you know, that, that that's the extent that the mysticism has, you know, and the myth has built up. Where can people buy your deck? Uh, on Etsy, <laughs> just, um, it's on Etsy or just, you know, you can link it from my website at, uh, what is my website again? Wixsite.com, Damien Keller. Oh, I mean, I'm sorry. I'm 
I'm trying to pull up my internet, but it's going to my TV set because I was streaming Penn and Teller. <laughs> I pull up an actual window and go to my actual website. So, uh, the website. Uh, I thought I put it on the main page, but I didn't. Let's go to my Etsy. I think it's just Etsy.com slash Damien Keller. You should be able to find it. Yeah, because I was um, looking the for it. Earlier, and I couldn't the... find it. Really? Let me see. And then the, the <clears> book's on, on Etsy, Amazon. Sir. I searched it on Etsy, too, and nothing came up. Really? Yeah. That's weird. And it looks like I have an order for one, too. Yeah, it's just Etsy.com slash shop slash Damien Keller. Hmm. I'll have to try again. So there's only one left, but I actually have two. So I don't know why it says that. It's supposed to be two in the inventory, but I got to make some more anyway because I'm doing a um, friend of mine uh, doing a thing to online next month so um i could dip a nation get together thing i'm gonna jump in on so so, so how many cards more. are in your deck uh it's a full 72 card deck cool at first i only did the major arcana and i i distributed some of those and a couple people bought those and then everybody was like oh we really want a full deck and i still hadn't published the book yet and i was like oh jesus all right fine <laughs> so i just did them uh, you know i was like well i did a lot of it is kind of collage you know like photoshop together and mm -hmm. and you know a lot of them or found images, clip art stuff, which I would, you know, maybe find a clip art outline and colorize, or um, some of it I designed myself, like the um, the symbol on the front of the book, and a lot of the, um, I don't know, a lot of the images on the cards here and there. I did my own cups, uh, swords, you know, all the suits I designed myself. Um, and drew by hand and uh so a lot of it is cut and paste and resizing of stuff but a lot of it was hand drawn and then mm -hmm. done or photography i did um i think it's the knight of swords has three pyramids in the foreground but it's an actual photograph of three purple organite pyramids a big a medium and a small and a line you know and that kind of thing um the death card is a, a <clears throat> photograph of a skull on a book and you know a bird on top alchemical thing and uh or no actually i think it had a candle on it at that point um a vase of roses and that kind of thing that i set up and took a picture of and also some of its photography and some of its drawings i drew my own sun and moon for it and use those throughout and that kind of stuff so sounds pretty cool so so during the process of, of making the cards 
Um, mm-hmm. did, did you gain any more, like like any deeper insights into the cards themselves? Because I know like one of the practices of the Golden Dawn and of uh, Boda um, and some other mystery schools is they always want you to make your own deck of cards. Right, right. And that's what trips me out that people think they still have to be gifted one when in reality, if, uh, if not just buy one, make your own. Um, and, and so that was something that I learned about real early on, but of course I was involved in the Theosophical Society at the headquarters in, you know, outside of Chicago and, you know, the Nefertiti Lodge Rosicrucians in Chicago. So I, I had a little bit more insight from the get-go because I was privy to a little bit more information um, right off the bat mm. that, you know, others might know where to find it, uh, might not know where to find it, but um, at the same time, yeah, um, it I I definitely utilized the fact that I created them from collage and from grabbing images that just struck me as they came to me. I went, you know, this is what I want to see, and I, you know, I would just cut and paste. I even used some friends for a couple of the images, like Justice and High Priestess. Um, but I definitely spent more time um, <clears throat> researching each individual card of the 72 and all the different meanings and kind of putting together my own and, um, you know, even the order of the, uh, the major arcana, you know, I put a lot more time into that than I did even the designs, to be honest. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, pretty fast in Photoshop. I can, you know, I can kick out one of those cards in like an hour, you know, I mean, it's, you know, putting together a collage like that and, and just acquiring the border and then, you know, I know the fonts and I just know what I'm doing. Um, doesn't take me very long at all. I've been doing album covers in Photoshop since 98, like, you know, I'm <laughs> pretty good and fast with it. But what I did was I spent more time, uh, working on my own definitions and then what I wanted the symbology in each card to be, you know, and, and then, um, that helped me to learn the the deck better, you know, and, and there's another mythology that, that you have to memorize what every single card means. No, that's, first of all, there's some keys to, um, shortcutting that as far as learning what the suits mean and then each number individually. (laughs) Well, right, right. Of course. But you know, the first one, right No, but I mean, you know, if you learn what each suit symbolizes and then what each number symbolizes, then it's a lot easier to recognize a card at sight (sighs) and say, okay, so this is this of this kind of like the golden on deck is what they do. Um, and that's associated with the Kabbalah and their mm-hmm. definition of it. But you can do that, that symbol replacement with any system. So, um, you know, if you have your definitions of the elements and then you have your definition of the numbers, then you can pretty much pull any card and just go, oh, this is this, you know. Um, 
However, I, you know, I, I really went into those. There, there are so many that are varying, and I, I based a lot on the rider weight um, and the, the golden on, uh, but I also incorporated um, a little bit of, uh, I'd say I was restoring it back to, um, you know, like the Minchiette and the, uh, the Marseille decks a little bit um with the christianity as opposed to the darker influences and and not so much because i'm a christian but more like a mystic christian you know um i'm not like i go to church and what people think a christian is today or what people who think they're christians are today uh, but more of just the light than the darker side with the you know, replacing a coin with a cross on it to me, you know, to be a, a pentagram, which scares people off and that kind of thing. I just kind of brought it back a little bit in that direction. Um, I replaced Baphomet with Pan. And in my first edition of only Major Arcana, I used the Baphomet. And then, you know, it didn't seem to fit with my restoration ideals. I guess for the, you know, as I was working on the minor canna, so I went and replaced that with an old wood engraving of pan I found, and um, you know, just to be a little more consistent. But um, I felt it it taught me, you know, more about it. It helped me learn it better and helped me understand it better by just creating my own deck. I, th I would highly recommend it to anybody who's serious about getting into it. Um, even beginners, you know, who think, oh, I could never do that. Mm -hmm. No, you absolutely could. You know, what are you doing? Are you working from home? Are you sitting at home doing nothing all day? Well, what's stopping you? <laughs> you know, especially now of all times. Like, there's no reason not to design your own. Even if you do them by hand, um, you know, the, uh, the Dolly deck is amazing. I don't know if you've seen that, but the Salvador Dolly mm -hmm. deck it took him 10 years to finish that deck. You know, of course, he didn't use Photoshop. It looks like <laughs> he did because it's Dolly. It's amazing. It's so good. And it's all paintings, you know, and people are like, oh, my God, 10 years. It's 72 paintings? Yeah, 10 years. Jesus Christ, are you kidding? <laughs> yeah, of course, 10 years. They're all lifelike as hell and amazing. But they're all paintings. So, you know, but... Well, you know, everybody's got programs now. You can, you know, there's nothing stopping you. Or you could do like kind of a classic idea of designing a black and white deck, and then you print it out and then hand color them, mm -hmm. um, which is kind of another old tradition. That, that that's not invalid. That that is a good one because as you're doing them, you study the card and done. you you know you focus on it. Yeah, it's. I mean. Yeah, it's time consuming, but that's how you learn 72 damn cards. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's a lot to learn, but trust me, you'll understand it a lot better if you do that than if you don't, you know. So, um, by all means, you know, if it's something that somebody wants to do, there's nothing, there's no rule that says you can't. It's encouraged. Uh, at least it was before the you have to be gifted a deck mess came about and that kind of thing you know before it became competitive and 
there are people with neon signs in their living room windows of their houses saying psychic readings, you know, and they're in competition with the one across the street. So, hmm. um, of course, they don't want someone moving in next door as well. <laughs> so if you live next door and you've been coming into, to them for readings, the last thing they want is for you to stop coming and put your own sign in your window. You know, so of course that's going to be the story. But, so, uh, um, can you do a reading for me now? Uh, sure. What, uh, what deck do you want to use? Let's use you your, know, your choice of like 13. Let's use the one <laughs> you made. Okay. It makes it more personal. We will do that. Sure. And to be honest, I actually haven't used it in a while. I've been pulling a daily rune and it's been coming out. I've been pulling the same ones every day. And then one day I pulled a whole 10 pull cross. And then of course the last one, the final was the same one I pulled for the morning. So that was kind of cool. But, uh, but yeah, I haven't used, it's been probably about at least a couple of weeks since I've used this one. Uh, all right, so you want to just like a, I'll do a general three card uh, past, present, future type of thing. Um, one of the things, now see, one of the things I liked about having only a major arcana deck mm -hmm. is that 72 cards is a bitch to shuffle. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like to really get them thoroughly shuffled. And technically, you know, these people who go and do readings one after another at a bar at an event or something. Okay, cool. But I got news for you. You're supposed to put those cards back in order and then reshuffle in between every reading. Yeah. I don't, see you that. know, and no, but they don't do, they don't do that either. And technically that's kind of what you're supposed to do while you're shuffling. You're supposed to be engaging with the person. You're supposed to be talking about, you know, their interests. You're supposed to be connecting with your spirit guides, getting them connected with you, you know, with theirs and people don't do that. So I feel, you know, I don't know. And I'm sure they get a little more shuffled every time you do a reading and don't put them back in order and then shuffle them again. But nonetheless, it seems to take me a little bit of time to get this, get a good 72 guard deck actually shuffled. Like I've split them in half and I'm doing halves and then switching, you know, cutting, flipping them back and forth. So they get thoroughly mixed up for you because, um, it never fails, no matter how good I think I got them. Mm -hmm. You know, I'll put, you know, if I go to do a, say a 10 card pull, I'm going to get two or three in a row. And I'm like, okay, that's kind of BS. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I know why that happened and it wasn't fate. <laughs> so, all right. So giving me a pretty good shuffle. I do a Rosicrucian three card. Split, which means you take the top a good two thirds, you make three piles, then you take the 
zippers, put it on the last and then put that on the other middle. So past. I have eight of swords. Present knight of cups, which is interesting. I'll tell you in a minute. And future nine time, which is the hermit, but I restored that. Originally, it was time, not the hermit. Uh, it was Father Time, and he would carry uh, an hourglass. Um, but the meanings are are similar. So uh, let's see. You got Eight of Swords, um, which my imagery was a, is a woman accused of witchcraft. <laughs> is burning at the stake mm -hmm. uh and it is crisis or bad news is the eight of swords um now that's your past though so that's really nothing to be concerned about uh because you're past that so if there was some kind of uh you know turmoil or strife over your that's just what, that's just my life past. every day. Well, right. Well, that's a good sign that that is that for spiritual reasons and your beliefs and views uh, and practices that should be behind you now mm. and and something that you don't need to worry about anymore. Okay, um, is what that would represent by being the past, and that. I am saying because you're present as uh, being the Knight of Cups, a Templar Knight defending the coast of Portugal, the order surviving. Um, the great work is never ending, and it's a message of hope and a coming time of prosperity. Um, so to me, that means, you know, your your spiritual struggles are in the past. Uh, and in the present, you're soldiering on quite well, <laughs> which makes sense as we are doing right now. <laughs> so, <laughs> bringing it to the light. So all good there. And then your future card is time, which is a good card to pull for the future. <laughs> so um, the hermit card was originally called time and the lamp lady carried was an hourglass. So here I have restored it to the original with Father Time journeying with his cosmic hourglass, uh, which represents Saturn, um, which runs for eternity. So it represents your spiritual search and journey, uh, a seeking of counsel, but uh, to be rather prosperous in the fact that your your journey there's there's no end to it uh foreseeable at this point you the, the road's clear and uh you have all the time in the world huh. <laughs> i don't know if that's good or bad <laughs> i think it's good i, I mean it, it, I, I don't want to be one of those good. people that live to be like a hundred why not I do. I can't. I can't imagine my body holding up. Like, like they'd have to like push me around uh, like a bed or something. 
<laughs> yeah, well, I don't know. I mean, uh, it, it's. I mean, to me, that means that that you're. The work you're doing is eternal to me. I don't know to pull time as your future card. Yeah. Maybe uh, maybe my, with maybe my work two. will outlast me. That I would like. Well, you know. sure, that could be what that means. That could be what that means, and and you know, I'm sure it will. You know, the kind of stuff we do is is um, you know, it's going to continue on after we're gone, which is great. You know. Uh, It'll require, you know, word of mouth is easier these days because it's word of likes or clicking, you know, mm-hmm. so, um, and it's worldwide. So our work's gonna, gonna linger on for a good long time compared to, to some others. You had to be pretty big fish to, you know, have a book that's been read and published and republished for hundreds of years at this point. But if you, do what we're doing right now and you do it honestly and right and you know it's gonna it's gonna have its impact and people are gonna gonna keep keep enjoying it and sharing it and spreading it around so i think it's a good sign yeah all right man so i just did a three-quarter spread for you with the rider weight deck oh nice all right <laughs> you're 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 past you have the Eight of Wands. So I would say that in your past, you've had a lot of ideas moving, um, but not all of them have been completed yet. Mm-hmm. I would say your present card, you got the King of Cups. Um, so it's an interesting one because you have like all this motion behind you and then a King of Cups is kind of still and just sort of sitting on his emotions a little bit. You know, he there's no real action in that card. Uh, the action is, mm-hmm. the, everything's sort of moving around him, but he's staying still. Um, mm-hmm. Which I, which is, is odd because you mentioned about, you know, moving to Texas. Um, yeah, but that's actually not until I mean my lease isn't up until October, so mm-hmm. I'm stuck here till then. And to be honest, that main uh that one rune I keep pulling daily mm-hmm. is ISA. Okay. Uh it's ice. It means I'm yeah. just just don't even try to do shit right now. Just right. work on yourself and chill out because nobody's really like, yeah, there's nothing to do. Just relax. You've done some stuff, chill out. So that's what I've been doing, you know, like I'm tattooing myself and things like that, you know, like, okay, I don't, I'm not going to write another book right now. I already did, you know, relax, chill out. So, right. so that makes a lot of sense. That but, is my present. But, so. but your future looks like it's going to be the complete opposite because the future is the seven of wands. Mm-hmm. It's definitely, um, is it, a lot of creative work. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be a lot of effort. Okay. It's, it's, it's like, like you know, you're going to be like hauling ass on some some projects. Okay, that makes sense. 
That sounds good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I mean, that's part of my, honestly, that's really part of my thing about moving to Texas and whether I, I rent a house or I buy an RV and just drive down there and, and park in a trailer park and then, you know, add on and add on or whatever. Mm -hmm. I see myself working more outside in nice weather all day, you know, um, I, I don't have to go, well, it's just kind of too cold to, to do organite. It's not going to cure. It's too cold to, uh, you know, put this stain on this walking stick I'm working on. I can't do it. It's not going to cure right. It's too cold. My arms are too cold and bumpy with goosebumps to put tattoos on and they're going to heal crappy or to do anyone else. I'm, I'm sick of saying it's too cold. <laughs> you know, I'm done with it. Like, I'm so tired of it. You know, it's too cold to go to the store. It's too cold to do anything. You know, I'm just, it's the stuff I do, you know, the work we do, it, it's just, I can't be out of commission nine months out of the year every day for my entire life. It's absolutely absurd when it's cheaper to live somewhere else where you can be at functional 365. So it's, it's absolutely insane. <laughs> and I refuse to do it anymore. And I'm going to dump every ounce of energy and money I have into, into making that happen. Um, uh, you know, and, and, you know, I still need to be around family and things like that, but I'm just going to manifest that to be something that's possible because, you know, it's pretty minimal right now as it is. So when I was in Chicago, you know, I did that for 22 years, but we still saw each other and everything was fine. So, mm -hmm. um, I'm not gonna, not gonna trip over it. I'm gonna take that, you know, that present, the ISA and the, you know, That's that cool. passive uh, time to. Uh, you know, at least it was relevant. It is, you know, and that's the thing. Like, you know, working overtime, I'm working from home, you know, mm -hmm. but I have a tattoo machine, and I can sit here and and touch up, you know, stuff that you know, and just sit here and mindlessly you know, do things and make some money so I can get the hell out of here. Cause that was the plan. And I had a five-year plan and this may, it'll be five years, but my lease isn't up till October. Um, so I chilled with dad for a few months and saved money. <laughs> so, um, I got a little over five, but that's, that's my goal. And, uh, and I think it'll happen because I have the means to do it now. So, um, you know, that five years also, I did a lot of other things too, a lot of travel and classes and, and books. And, and so it, it got me to a place where relocating, um, it will be a lot of work, but I'm also relocating to somewhere where I have friends and family and, um, you know, I can kind of fall into a crowd and, and, uh, you know, it shouldn't be too hard to get some people. Yeah you know, on board with what I'm doing and, you know, join the community. So mm -hmm. like you said, won't be too far from you. We'll <laughs> so, no. be having some cookouts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Gulf so, Coast is where it's at, man. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely sick of the cold and I, I really wanted to, you know, my plan was out by the Integratron in, in Western California um not really happy where that that state's going right now um 
clearly everyone's leaving, <laughs> you know, not going there. Uh, Elon Musk is out, you know, I mean, it's probably more affordable than ever, but uh, that's for good reason. And I mean, even out in, in an unincorporated community like Landers, where the Integratron is, it's, it's still California. And uh, I'm just not sure about their uh, politics right now. Um, I don't know if I'd want to be living there any more than I'm, you know, I'm happy to not be in Illinois right now. That's for sure. I'm glad I got out of Chicago and I'm not stuck there and mm-hmm. can't go anywhere without being in quarantine when I come back or something like that. And uh, the kind of extremes that are going on. So um, never thought I'd said be happy to be living in a red state, but I am. <laughs> so that's weird and different. <laughs> but, but to be honest, I'm glad I can go to the grocery store, you know, and I have to put on a mask, but at least I, I can still I, go I there. I feel the same way too, actually. I'm kind of glad yeah. I'm, I'm where I'm at now, you know. Yeah. And, and, and yeah. also, uh, you know, with everything that's going on, I get to carry a gun legally. Right. The plus. Yeah. Yeah, that's the way I feel here too. Um, you know, and again, never something I thought about living in Chicago. I never really needed one, but being here, I kind of feel like I'd be a lot more comfortable if I had one and and I haven't quite gotten one yet, but it's it's definitely on the list and I got the paperwork here, so uh you know, for the permit and everything and yeah. um you know, hate to say it, but it was kind of funny on Above Top Secret. Somebody just posted so right before the stimulus thing when they were still debating it. Somebody just posted so. Are we getting a six hundred dollar gun or a two thousand dollar gun? Yeah. I, get, I, get <laughs> I was like, sometimes. whoa, that that sums it up for a lot of people right now, doesn't it? I mean, I hate to say it, you know, it's. It's healthy to laugh. It's not yeah. funny, but it is the way a lot of people were thinking at that point. You know? so, uh, but yeah, at least having the choice, you know, I think even a lot of people I know who used to have a little bit different opinion on, on guns and, and, you know, I've started to realize that criminals just simply don't follow laws by definition. So, you know, you're probably better off evening the score before you find yourself on the wrong end of it. Uh, you know, uh, yeah. it's just... Yeah, I bought my you know, wife one for Christmas. Did you? Yeah. Nice. That's cool. I mean, you so know, again, I'm... A, I'm <clears throat> well, right, you know, and I'm a tall, skinny, 50-year-old, you know, with a heart condition. You know, how am I going to fend off even one person, let alone two or three, especially if they're armed, mm-hmm. you know, so um, there's really no chance in how. And, and if I ever expect to protect anyone else, if I ever have hope of a, you know, a, a relationship again or a family, you know, I've been single for a while now for obvious reasons because, you know, I can't go out well. I can. <laughs> I just haven't bothered. But, you know, it's been more my choice than anything. But, you know, at some point I will. But, yeah, I want to be able to protect that person. And, and should we have a family or even the family I do have, you know, my mom and everyone else. It's just, um, you know, things come down to worse to worse. And rather be safe than sorry. And 
you know, I know and trust myself. I don't have a toddler in the house I have to worry about or anything. It's it's not an issue, you know, so there's no reason not to have it. So I, I have a good uh, another good tarot story for you before we wrap this up. As I mentioned, I, okay. I told you before, you know, I had interviewed um, a couple, I don't know what it was, uh, a couple of days ago, I was interviewing Mary Kay Greer, you know, who's like sort of a legend yeah. in tarot. And right. I was really, really surprised cool. that she yeah. came on as a guest to begin with. But, but we we did a good interview, and at the end, she's she's talking about how she you know she does the three card spread every day for herself, like a lot of us do. And mm-hmm. uh, she did it, and it came up um, the emperor, the fool, and death. And the only thing wow. she, she was able to associate it with was you know sort of like the emperor being like Donald Trump and him being a fool and him being out of office. And uh, I was like, okay, mm-hmm. yeah, that kind of makes sense. I could see that connection. And uh, sure. as soon yeah. as we got done with the interview, she I, she sends me a text message and says, turn on your TV. And I turned on my TV, and that was the when the uh, insurrection was happening at the White House. Oh, shit. And uh-huh. I was like, holy shit, you know? And, and, there, and there it is, you know, like not only is Donald Trump the fool with this guy with his Viking hat, you know, and five people were dead. Right. <laughs> yeah so so it's just like uh-huh. it was such a perfect thing for like yeah but for a spread that almost like seems like unrelated cards you know right yeah yeah um, yeah kind of like what but yeah it does make sense especially for that day yeah it's uh-huh. crazy yeah it's interesting um yeah i and to be honest you know i i I dispel the Egyptian connection, you know, and the Kabbalah connection extensively in my book. Yet, nonetheless, that cartouche deck, mm-hmm. anytime, you know, the Egyptian deck, I still relate to it the most. It's the one I was, you know, that I, I bought first. And I almost consider it a gift for what I paid for compared to what it's worth, um, you know. And and uh, nonetheless, it's just the sometimes you just you just pull these readings that, you know, a lot of people could say, well, you could correlate anything to anything. And in fact, I say that all the time, but at the same time, every now and then you pull these readings that are just so dead on. They're just undeniable, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. See, and, I, I, I you think know, like, like with the Kabbalah and all that stuff, I, I sort of just look at it as, it's just, it, the tarot itself is this living, evolving thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's. I think it's always going to change. You know, I I, right. I don't I don't see it as something static. So even the associations that are applied to it, whether they're right or wrong, at some point that that even doesn't even matter anymore. You know, because it's just going to continue yeah. to evolve. And um, yeah, yeah, it, it's it's just took, not uh, static. No, no. I took um, St. Hildegard's Cebius. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with that, but she has, uh, and I'm trying to pull this out real quick here because I know we're running out of time. But um, So she has these, uh, I forget the number exactly. I think it's uh, 30-something um, Cebius, which means the way. Uh, there's 35. And so 
um, later paintings were done to correlate each one. And then, um, you know, you have these, these little meanings behind each one. So I turned that into a deck. Mm -hmm. I just printed them, you know, I sized every painting and then, and then printed them out on a heavy cardstock and made myself a little box and, and printed out, you know, made and printed a little white book. And, um, Sometimes I like to just pull one of those for the day, yeah. um, you know, or do a past, present, future. And they're, they work just the same as mm -hmm. tarot, you know, and, and her work was designed to, you know, um, I'm sure this has happened to you. You just open a book and it goes to the page yeah. that, you know, so that's kind of the way the, the book works. But the book I have of hers isn't just the book. It's got, you know, a lot of commentary at the beginning and after and stuff. And so, you know, I decided to just make a deck. I, I mean, it works. You know, you can make a deck from from almost anything. Um, and then assign meanings to them mm -hmm. and then just go from there. <laughs> you know, I mean, you can invent your own system. A lot of people have. So, um you know, who invented the first one. Right. And who well, gave one of the right. things I, 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 my theory of, is uh, of where tarot came from actually goes mm -hmm. all the way back to Samaria. As far mm -hmm. back as when, when, when humans really started communicating. Mm -hmm. You know, because that's really what the tarot is. It's a book. It's a, it's, it's, it's a way of communicating ideas, thoughts, and feelings. And and I think that's where it started. Like maybe I mean, not I agree an actual an literal extent. deck, um, but I think the idea probably started there. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, and that correlates to the, the idea that it that the tarot itself is a translation of the Book of Toth mm -hmm. and the the um the Emerald Tablets. Um which is also, you know, definitely worth a study in, in regards to the correlation of it, and which I use, um, you know, the Hierophant in my deck is Taz and the Emerald Tablets. You know, I just use an image of him with the Emerald Tablet um, because I think that is the ultimate meaning of it and the yeah. true meaning of it. So that, that actually makes um, more sense. I think. I think so, you know, it's just at the minute I. I got to that one and was ready to design it. It just popped in my head. Like, well, that's what that is. <laughs> you know, just go with that, you know, and there's no need to hide it and, uh, you know, just use that image. So, um, yeah. And I, you know, uh, as far as like the entire Rosicrucianism behind it, the book of tea with the golden dawn and, um, and you know, the, the story of Christian Rosencruz and everything in the tomb, the book of tea and all that um you know that's it's a great legend behind it which um again may or may not have something to do with the original taroki decks of italy but it's something that the original divination process certainly was uh utilizing the, the deck to symbolize mm -hmm. you know so they said well we can correlate this to this and it'll make more sense to me so I can much quicker perform a reading, you know? And again, that's just taking this set of symbols and replacing them with these meanings by correlation of number, you know? And, and so, you know, anyone can do that with anything, <laughs> you know, almost, you know, you could, people do it with sticks, people do it with bones, you know, um, 
you know, there's a, I use, a, I have a cup of destiny, you know, with coffee grounds mm-hmm. and the shapes they make and where they land and that kind of thing. So, um, and, you know, again, the I Ching, there's, there's so many different ways uh, to work with divination that, you know, and, and technically even the archaeometer deck, I, I invented with the triangle cards mm-hmm. um, with, you know, there's 12 triangle cards each correlating to uh, a color and note of the chromatic scale and your own sign. And so, you know, if you were to shuffle those and just pull one out for the day, you know, you could look at where it falls within your own resonances. You know, is it harmonic? Is it dissonant? Is it representing someone you know you're in a relationship with? Is it your boss, your boyfriend, your girlfriend? You know, so um, you can kind of... can do it's endless <laughs> and it will always evolve i think you know um, yeah. which is great you know that's a cool evolving thing so it is pretty awesome um so before we wrap it up where can my listeners find you if you can remember the website it is damien keller at uh, let me just make sure I'm going to pull it up. Yes. Damien Keller dot com slash sound sounds good. Um, and my Etsy is if you just search Damien Keller with capitals for my first or last name, you can find my shop. So, so, so I'm going to post the links to these in the notes of this episode. So my listeners hear this, they can find you. Sure. But you're going to have to and send then, me, the, you're going to have to send me that Etsy link though. Cause Okay, I can send you those. And then I just set up the <clears throat> the reading site, which is damienkeller.wixsite.com slash divination station. But uh, again, I'll just send you those. Yeah, send them all to email. me. I'll put them in the notes. I'll just send the direct ones. And then, yeah, no problem. Awesome. All right, man. So just hang on one second, and I'm just going to play the outro. All right. Thank you for listening to Everything Imaginable on KGRA Radio. You can reach Gary at everythingimaginable2020.com or email him at everythingimaginable2020 at gmail.com. He's also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and LinkedIn. You can buy t-shirts, coffee mugs and other merchandise to support the costs of producing this podcast. Click on the merchandise link at the top of his page www.everythingimaginable2020.com Oh yes, I almost forgot. You can buy his book, Enlightenment Guaranteed. It's the only book on Zen that you'll ever need. And it's on Amazon. It'll change your life. Because remember, everything that exists was first imagined. Hey, if you love what you listen to, don't forget, rate, review and subscribe.